Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of an orange man-baby to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the straw man fallacy. That's right. The straw man fallacy is actually, in my opinion, one of the best named fallacies. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, I want you to imagine this scenario. You have been challenged to a fight by a scary, big, strong person. Okay. Now, it's not, it's not too unfair, I think, to, to say you're not really a fighter. Is that right? I would, I would go along with that. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're kind of scrawny, yeah. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to be rude or anything. <laughs> Oi, that's rude. That's nothing but rude. Yeah, but this guy, he's going to kill you if he fights you. Okay. But you've told everyone that you're going to fight him. You've accepted the challenge publicly, so you have to come up with a plan. Okay. And here is your solution, Brilliant. your cunning plan. Yep. Okay. You're going to get the audience to be quite far away from the fight. And then you create a scarecrow that is dressed like the man, looks just enough like the person to fool the audience. And then you simply beat up the scarecrow and and claim victory. So that is the straw man. Only in, in the logical fallacy, the straw man isn't a person. It's an argument. It's an argument that you might find difficult to beat. So instead of actually fighting that argument, instead of arguing against it, what you do is you make up another argument that the person didn't say that is a bit like what they actually did say, enough like it that anyone listening is fooled into thinking that what you've actually done is defeat the argument they said when what you've really done is defeat a much easier to beat argument. Okay. So there's a few ways of doing this when you're actually arguing with someone. You can oversimplify what they say and and argue against a sim- more simple version. You can exaggerate what they said to a point where it's it's actually easy to defeat because it's a bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Or you can completely misrepresent what they say and just put words in their mouth and claim they said something completely different to what they actually said. Now, you won't be surprised to find that uh, an expert at all three of those uh-huh. is Mr. Donald J. Trump. So an example is in a, a speech that he gave in Redding, California during the campaign. And here is what he said. We're going to save our Second Amendment. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it. Believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. We're going to save our Second Amendment. So obviously the Second Amendment is an issue at the heart of many American voters. And this is not Hillary's views on gun control. She does not want to abolish the Second Amendment. She's never said she wanted to abolish the Second Amendment. She's actually been quite open and clear about her views on gun control, which are basically that she supports uh, background checks to prevent guns getting into the hands of criminals, but isn't trying to take people's guns away. Yeah, but that's that's, but that's a, a more difficult that, thing to. I was going to say that's uh, a lot against. more difficult to argue against. The, the yeah, you couldn't really set up an, uh, a contrary position, which would say. Okay, yeah, no, it is a bad thing that you're doing background checks on criminals when plainly 
it is, that's quite a good thing, surely, to be doing that. So from our to, perspective, so, sure, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's like it's yeah. a reasonable thing to do. Yeah, there are many politicians on the right generally who would argue that even that is going too far. But yeah. to be honest, actually, most Republicans are in favour of extended background checks um, and and you know making sure that people don't have a criminal history before they get hold of a gun. So so that's actually a reasonable point of view as held by most people. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to argue against uh, she's coming for your guns, she wants to take your guns away. And it's, it's a and lot it's easier purely, to whip people up into a frenzy. Exactly, because it's purely what he's trying to do is he's trying to set up Hillary as being the bad guy and the somebody who you wouldn't want to get in, you wouldn't want to vote in, whereas saying, well, Hillary's position is that we should do background checks on uh, criminals, people with criminal records, because really she thinks that they ought not to have guns. People would just go, yeah, I'd vote for her. And he obviously doesn't <laughs> want that to happen. So he's setting yeah. her up as the baddie by misrepresenting what her views are in this rabble-rousing way. And it's a total straw man because it is, it, it's, a, it's a very distorted version of her views and you, which, you and, know, by completely misrepresenting it. And you could only get away with that kind of a straw man, like, like you said with, the, with my fight with the, the big guy, is that if you're at a distance building up the crowd so that they all just go, yes, and, you know, and nobody's noticed that it, actually what he's saying is completely wrong. Nobody's nobody's questioning that because of the arena that he's in, because he's doing that. It reminds me of the Monty Python bit when, when Brian's mum is leaning out the window and says, you are all individuals, and the whole crowd is going, yes, we are all individuals. And there's one little guy who goes, I'm not, which is just hilarious. But there's, you know, there's nobody in this Trump crowd who is questioning the validity of what he's saying and the accuracy of his portrayal because they're all whipped into a frenzy. Yeah. And in fact, this is really key to how the straw man works because it is not a tactic for arguing against a person one-on-one. Nobody who is arguing against you is going to be convinced that your version of what they said is what they actually said. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, you're not going to fool a person into thinking they said something different, but you can fool the audience. And so the straw man works when you're in front of an audience, it, whether it's a political debate, whether it is a, a speech like this, uh, whether it's something that's happening on TV. If the person you're trying to convince is actually the people who are looking at the the argument rather than the person you're arguing with, then then it, it's an effective tool, and it's particularly effective when the crowd is already on your side, if they are inclined to think that the person that you're arguing with would say something as stupid as the thing, the, the view that you've ascribed to them, then uh, obviously it's, it's a lot easier to convince them. If they are really paying attention or they're really actually in favour of the other person, then it's they're going to pick up on it. They're going to mm. catch that you've made something up yep. and, and it's not then an effective strategy. Or if you're in a situation where there's a, a kind of referee, a, an anchor man, or a you know a facilitator of, a, of an argument, so like in the pres- sure. in the presidential debates, they couldn't get away with that kind of crowd rebelling. Well, st- we have a we have stuff. another example actually from the presidential debates. Now you can say that that's okay, and Hillary can say that that's okay, but it's not okay with me. 
because based on what she's saying and based on where she's going and where she's been, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month on the final day. And that's not acceptable. It's not, it's not only is it not acceptable, it's not even possible. Yeah. It's not yeah. possible, no. Yeah. No, obviously he's talking about abortion. Yeah. Another issue that is is uh, very emotive, very contentious. Yeah, what he's describing there, ripping the baby out of the womb on the ninth month, on the final day, yeah. that's giving birth. Exactly. That's, that's, that's having a baby. Yes, yeah, that's a delivery. <laughs> so the implication in there is that they take the baby away and then they, what are they, what are they doing? Kill it? Take it. Just yeah, presumably chuck yeah. it in a bin, yeah. set it on fire. I don't know. That's it. Yeah. Or, but yeah, this yeah. is this is not the only time where Trump has confused abortion and childbirth. Yeah. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to play this one for fun, really. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. That's amazing. There are so there are in some states in many it's states, allowed many, many states. states it's allowed yeah. that a baby can, Babies be, born can be born in the ninth, in the ninth month, month from his or her mother yeah. womb. Yeah, being has, born. To be, has to change. So obviously we're not going to hold Trump to that. That's obviously he misspoke. He he presumably meant that it's a, it's a, he's wrong to yeah. say that it's a law that a baby can be removed from or, yeah. you know, torn from or aborted from yeah. um, in the ninth month. It's not a real law, but yeah. <laughs> but he didn't mean that. But everyone makes mistakes. In fact, this week, Kellyanne Conway called Trump the commander of cheese. I don't know if you heard this one. <laughs> really? And the problem with the president of the United States and the commander of cheese, chief expressing that opinion... So, there you go. Everyone makes mistakes. Cheese. That's lovely. <laughs> That's, that's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, back to um, the serious <laughs> point. We're taking the mickey a bit out of Trump for, for saying that, which is ridiculous, but the, the, it shouldn't really need saying. But this is not what Hillary Clinton believes about abortion. Really? She doesn't think yeah. that, that you should be able to abort up until the, the ninth month, the final day. It is something that gets repeated by people on the right, by people who are uh, pro-life about the pro-choice side. They say that it what they want is unlimited abortions up until the final day, which is bizarre. Um, but, but it's not what, as far as I have seen, anybody actually advocates for. It certainly isn't what Hillary advocated for. She actually campaigned for term limits on on abortion for for abo only abortions um past 24 weeks i believe um in cases where it's going to um potentially result in a, a stillbirth uh, or a baby that's going to die very soon after being born uh, or where the health of the mother is at risk okay yeah which is fairly reasonable yeah absolutely and that is the case in in america the vast majority of abortions happen before 21 weeks, before the fetus is viable outside of the womb. I think it's something like 1.3% of abortions happen after that. And those are because it is threatening the health of the mother. And if the mother is going to die because the, the baby is being carried to term, then, you know, if you're really pro-life, 
shouldn't you be pro the mother's life as well? Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> seems reasonable. But the point is, it's a very, very, very tiny number who take place after that mm. point mm. and and only for, for really medical reasons. It's not, you know, women aren't just going in at, at eight months and going, you know what? Change I'm not going to have a baby. Yeah. Change my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. and that But that's the, the image that's portrayed. If that was a true state of affairs, that would be something fairly reasonably to protest against. But it isn't true because... Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. Nobody is disagreeing with him. Yeah. That, that, um, that, you know, when he says, you may th- say that's okay and she may say that's okay. Nobody's, Nobody's saying, saying that's saying okay. saying that's okay. <laughs> no, because it's horrifying. But it's just not true. So what he's doing is, is manufacturing this horror story and laying it at the feet of Hillary. And it's not true. So how, how do you... How do you counteract such a thing well um i mean you were saying that uh, in this case it was moderated it was mm. this debate there was a, a, a moderator there and also obviously hillary was in the room yep. now the moderator's job isn't to do fact checking and and sometimes they will um kind of argue a point a little bit and say well that's not really true is it but really that's not their job um but hillary countered with a very kind of mild argument against I think she said something like, um, to use that, that type of rhetoric is just terribly unfortunate, which was very, very mild indeed. Sounds like Theresa May. Yeah, it does actually. And she pointed people towards her website, which had fact checkers mm. working on it and saying, you know, this is not true. This is what yeah. Hillary actually thinks. But um, she didn't address it directly. But yeah, I mean, if, if someone uses um, a straw man in an argument with you, where there is an audience, addressing it directly, mm. saying, well, actually, that's not what I said. That's not yep. how I feel. Yep. This is what I really said, yep. is one way to go. Um, it may be that, that it's an accidental straw man, because it is actually pretty easy to do accidentally. And and this is something you should probably check when you are uh, in an argument with someone or debating a point with someone, because um, one thing that's quite good to do is to make sure that you've understood what someone is saying by clarifying the point that they've just said. So um, if if they make a point, you say, well, okay, what I th- before I answer that, what I think you're saying is this. Mm-hmm. Um, is that correct? Yeah. Is that a fair representation of what you're saying? And then when you argue with it, you know that you're beating their potentially strongest argument as opposed to what you could be accused of, which is misrepresenting what they said, if you've misunderstood it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, but uh, you you would have to be a, a kind of fairly confident in the way that you can uh, beat their argument, in that you you're discussing it, you're reframing it in terms that they agree with, and that you're going to then counter or you're going to defeat yeah. their argument. Um, so you need to be really confident in your position to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. If and and if you are being intellectually rigorous and honest, um, and you still think you can beat their argument, then yeah, that's a that's a good way to do it because you are making sure that they have accepted your terms, basically your your version of what they've said, before you then show them that why that's wrong. Now, there's a way of of um, making it even stronger than that. Um, which is a, a a thing directly related to to straw man, which is called steel manning. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is where you actually strengthen the opponent's argument. 
you you relate it back to them in the best possible terms, taking out any um, ambiguity or nuance and and stating it to them in in the way that it would be hardest to beat yeah. if it was true. Yeah, yeah. And if you can do that and then argue against that successfully, yeah, then you've really got got it in the bag. Yeah, because you've you you've actually made their argument better than they said it themselves. If you can get if you can restate their argument and say, do you agree with that? And yeah. they say, actually, that's better than I said it. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got it. Got, yes, you've <laughs> and got you can the, then still be... <clears throat> exactly, yeah, because yeah. you've got them to uh, admit defeat twice almost because they kind of go, oh, yeah, so, yeah, how you've just described it is actually a much more forceful argument. Yes, and I'm in wholeheartedly in agreement that that's exactly yeah. what I mean. And then you <laughs> then you do the, pull the old switcheroo and go, okay, well... So what that you know, and then defeat, here's my argument here's against my that. argument against yeah. that, and then they kind yeah. of go, oh right, okay, yeah. If only Trump did that, God. yeah, well that would be awesome. If everybody, if everyone debating did that, yeah, uh, then yeah. debates would be a lot more honest. But yeah, there's there's a couple of others, um, other terms that are related to to straw man. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is called a hollow man, right. which is where um, rather than um, creating a straw man of someone's argument, what you're doing is you're creating an argument that no one ever really says and claiming right. that people say it. Mm-hmm. So you might, for example, say, oh, lots of people say that you should be able to abort children up to five years old. <laughs> um, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, And it is ridiculous, yeah. but yeah. no one says it. So you, no so you completely yeah. created uh, an argument out of whole cloth and pretended that people use that as an argument. So that's Hollow Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another one which is called Iron Man, right. which is um, which is strengthening your own argument, but in a disingenuous way. So it's 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 giving a, re- a misrepresentation of what you are arguing. So if, for example, you were arguing on the pro-choice side and, and arguing for um, for limited term abortions, but with exceptions for for the health of the mother, for example, you might misrepresent that later on in the argument as saying, "All I'm really saying." is that we should try to protect the health of women. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Which so is you're... kind of a version of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's the, it's, what that is is the crowd-pleasing one and it makes it very difficult to, you know, in, in British terms, that's a snooker because you, you, <laughs> you, uh, you've set it up so that nobody can really oppose that without looking like a chump. Yeah, the, the Iron Man is, is, not, is not a good way of doing it. It is it is a bad argument because you're pretending that your argument's stronger than it is. Yeah, yeah. That that part of the argument isn't actually what you're arguing. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't. You don't win if people say, "Well, yes, obviously, I agree that we should protect women's health." It's another way of distorting or misrepresenting the original argument that results in a bad argument, invalid reasoning. And. Now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. As Boris has uh, introduced that section, he in, indeed is also very good at the straw man argument. And the one I want to talk about this week is uh, early on in the um, preparation for the referendum and the starting up of the leave the EU campaign and the remain in the EU campaign, Boris trotted out a particular straw man example. How many directives do you think there are? from the European Union on bananas. There are four. Do we need them? Do we need to be told that you cannot have, you know, abnormal curvature of your bananas? The banana example is one that goes way back and it's kind of the, it's sort of a, um, a mythical straw man. It stands for 
the craziness of the EU, because bananas are inherently funny, and what it does is poke fun at the EU, and it sets up the EU as saying, right, what they're trying to do is tell us how bendy our bananas can be. How ridiculous is that? Do we really want to invest in our time, money, energy, um, uh, parliamentary sovereignty? Do we want to give all that over to an organisation that is obsessed with telling us how bendy our bananas can be? Um, yeah, Boris himself actually describes this as a trivial example of uh, the, the wider problem with the EU. Yeah. So it's interesting that he brings it up quite frequently. Yeah, it's the meme. It's the one that everybody uses to stand for the ridiculousness of the, the way that uh, the EU has uh, micromanaged us for, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the entire time we've been part of it, since 1973. But the thing is, it's not true. As the So this was on an interview on this morning on the uh, British television and the presenter, uh, one of the presenters, Holly Willoughby, actually cuts, cuts him dead because he isn't... Uh, talking to a, a, a crowd that is stirred up emotionally and that he can guarantee are uh, with him and against the EU. He's, he's saying that, doing that straw man thing, and she cuts it dead by saying the following. We have but they don't actually say that, do they? They, 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 give you three, they give you the three options for, for the companies who sell them, but they don't actually say you can't sell them at all. No. <laughs> so she's doing what um, the crowds for Trump aren't doing, which is actually saying, well, no, they don't actually say that. And we, what, yeah. what Hillary should have said, she should have said, I didn't say that. Instead of saying that's not true, she's actually, you know, Hillary should have... That's terribly unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she should have <laughs> said, I didn't say that, you know, which is yeah. much more powerful. And so Holly Willoughby saying it, they don't say that. And then Boris says, well, one of them does. Well, well it doesn't. It doesn't prevent you from the, the actual um, directive, and I have it here, um, says uh, bananas in general should be free from malformation or abnormal curvature. It doesn't actually define what abnormal curvature is, but... But also, right at the very top of that yeah, section, yeah. most importantly, it says that these are the rules for bananas for human consumption. Yeah. And it doesn't include plantains or bananas for industrial processing yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And, it, and it simply talks about how you class them. It doesn't say you can't sell them. It just says if they are free from malformation, there's, they're to be called extra class and they must be you know, free from malformation. Um, then there's class one that can have slight defects of shape and class two can have full-scale full defects of shape. They're not, they're not saying you can't sell them if they're bent. You, they, you just classify them differently. You know, it may well be Absolutely. that actually... It's so that, it's so that retailers can know what quality of fruit they're going to get yeah. when they, by when saying, they OK, we don't, we don't want any class two ones. We want yeah. only class one or extra class ones. Um, and then they can sell them for different prices. And, and, you know, the people who buy bananas for animals to eat, for example, might want class two ones because that doesn't matter and they're probably cheaper. Yeah. Um, but but by being able to classify them in that way, they're actually just enabling trade between retailers and wholesalers. Yes, exactly. And so it's it's not 
uh, it's not a reasonable thing to do, Boris. I, yeah, how bizarre that, that I'm saying that. It's not reasonable, Boris, what you're saying. It's because it, it's like saying the EU are determining the size of our feet by saying, well, no, well, what you can do is you, you, you uh, classify shoes by size. That's all, you know, if you've got big feet, yeah. then they're going to, you know, and the sizes go from this number up to that number. That's all, that's what the banana is. But, but it's, there's something to do with the, the comedic value of banana, which sets up this perfect straw man, which you can then, uh, you know, demolish and say, look, the, the EU, this enormous edifice is, is having a go at our bananas. And do we want to um, submit to the rule of such people who tell us the, the he even quotes the thing he says, "Do we need to be told um, that that we can't have abnormal curvature of your bananas well the, it doesn't say that at all no, we don't need to again it, that's not an unreasonable position to hold, Boris, if it were true, but it isn't yeah. so he's tried to and now the my worry about Boris Johnson is that he knows he's doing this. That's the thing. He Oh, I'm sure yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's not I mean he's he plays he is a fool, but he's not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. no, he's very intelligent and and he knows that this is just um a ruse mm. to use one of Trump's favorite terms <laughs> to to convince people because and and this speaks to a a, a belief that Eurosceptics as people used to be called, hold and have held for many years that it's just all too many rules, too many regulations. They're trying to run our lives. They're trying to take over. And and this is just an example. Yeah. We can't even have bananas. So it, um, it's a sleight of hand. It's a, it's a diversion away from what's really happening, which is actually the EU, to a certain extent, are equalising the rules across Europe and, you know, about other things more... Uh, serious things like human rights and uh, tax taxation and things like that. Things that worry our government in particular, um, that they won't be able to uh, ignore European rights or, on, uh, or European mandated human rights. Be being part of the EU, we can't ignore those and we might want to do that there's all sorts of things going on in the background it's not just about bananas that is a sleight of hand it's a it's a let's look over here and get you know jump up and down about this while we get on with something else trump trump does it boris does it and boris you kind of think well he's probably had a classical ed education at uh, you know one of the top universities so he will know about these um rhetorical uh, devices to be able to stir up the crowd and play to the gallery. Um, meanwhile, doing all sorts of skullduggery un uh, underneath, allegedly. And here we see the fallacy in the wild. Okay. That'd be, that'd be great. Great. Yeah, no, that's good. It's, that's good. It's getting better yes. every week. Well, just add a bit, of, a bit of reverb, bit of bit of bird song, bit of sound design. Uh -huh. Lovely.
<laughs> right. So, um, yeah, this is the section where we talk about the uh, logical fallacy of the week, but uh, not in a political context, ideally. Um, and as I mentioned about the straw man, it works best uh, in a kind of debate situation in an area where there's an audience and somewhere else where we often find it is in uh, religion. And so the example we have for you this week is um, from a a former child star turned young earth creationist and evolution denier, Kirk Cameron, in a TV debate um, about evolution in which uh, he said this. Science has never found a genuine transitional form that is one kind of animal crossing over into another kind, either living or in the fossil record. And there's supposed to be billions of them. Now, what I'm about to show you does not exist. This is what evolutionists have been searching for for hundreds of years. All right, and if you find one of these, you could become rich and famous. So here's some transitional forms. This is called the crocodile. Can you see this? Crocodile. And a duck. I love the I love the the sotto voce thing from the other presenter. Just <laughs> yeah, from the other oh side. Oh god. god. <laughs> yeah. So from what he's holding up is a uh, photoshopped image. I think this was probably around the time very early Photoshop okay. um, of a duck with a crocodile's head, um, and he's suggesting that that is what we need to prove evolution. That is what ev- right. evolution scientists are looking for yeah. as a kind of missing link, as a as as the the smoking gun yeah. that shows that evolution is real. And if that doesn't exist, Don't then either. evolution must be false. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> that's a massive oversimplification <laughs> yeah. and misrepresentation, to be honest. Yeah, of of evolution. Yeah, and that's not how it works. Um, evolution is gradual incremental changes over millions of years not a reptile stapled onto part of a bird which which then leads on to stuff that became crocodiles and the, the, yeah. it doesn't work no it doesn't work like that we're not looking for the no you imagine of- in this timeline yeah, yeah in this timeline you imagine that there were previously crocodiles and several crocodiles mated had babies, some of them were crocodiles and some of them were ducks. Yeah. Yeah. That I assume is what he's going for. Um obviously that's insane. <laughs> and or, or, <laughs> but, but or by, at the very least quite oversimplified. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But by attempting to present that as his opponent's argument, it makes it very easy to beat. He's, yeah, he, yeah. you know, he just holds that up. Everyone laughs and says, "Well, that's ridiculous." If that's what the evolutionists believe, yeah. they're clearly wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that he's totally misrepresenting them um, doesn't help his case. If anyone actually pays attention and and thinks, "Well, yeah, okay, that's not really how evolution works." Yeah. So and the, and the, it's not like there isn't a massive body of evidence that talks about how evolution does work. And that there are indeed ancestral um, joinings of branches some millions upon millions of years ago, which would have led ultimately to avian species and reptilian species, and they may may or may not have shared a common ancestor. But you're not going to find a modern duck nailed to a modern crocodile. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, there definitely were common ancestors between avian species and reptilian species. Absolutely. That's that is where the branch goes. But they but those ancestors were before there was anything that really looked like a bird. Yeah. Um as we would see it today. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. So this is the part of the show where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Uh, this week, uh, all of these quotes are from Trump's Nashville rally last month. Um, which was quite insane, so strap in. Okay, I, I think I've seen through your strategies now. I'm <laughs> confident this week. Okay. Okay, so number one. They said, sir, what would you like to name it? I said, I'll tell you, and I'm being serious about it. I wanted it to be called the tax cut, 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 cut plan. Four cuts. And we all agreed that was a little bit hokey, so we decided not to do that. Number two. Okay. <laughs> Number two, yep. our country is respected again all over the world. We're not making apologies. We're not making excuses. We're respected again as a country. Okay. And number three, we've got jobs coming back. Big, beautiful jobs like you wouldn't believe. And the fake news media say unemployment's been going down for years. I'll tell you what, not like this. Not like this. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I like the tax cut, 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 cut. Tax cut, 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 cut plan. Four cuts, and we all agree it's a bit hokey. So okay, right. The one, the one, the second one seems very ordinary for Trump. We respect it again all over the world. We're not making apologies. We're not making excuses. We're respected again as a country. Well, I don't know that you are, but uh, okay. Big beautiful jobs like you wouldn't believe. And the fake news media, I think it's number two because it isn't Trump enough, is my okay. thinking this time. You think uh, I yeah, have number two. aped yeah. Trump enough? Not okay. Trump enough. I'm going to regret that. So number one, yeah. you're, you're convinced by. Let's play that. They said, sir, what would you like to name it? I said, I'll tell you, and I'm being serious about it. I want it to be called the tax cut, 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 cut plan. Four cuts. And we all agreed that was a little bit hokey, so we decided not to do that. So, so he did. He did want to call the tax cut. Wow. The tax cut, 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 cut plan. Blimey. It's, he even though I didn't think that was the fake one, it's just unbelievable when he says it. It is. You know, and, he, and, and the fact that he's going... He does that thing he's in an enormous echoic place when he just says, I tell you, and I'm being serious about it. And that, Yeah, uh, yeah. He doesn't want anyone to think this is not completely serious. No. <laughs> the tax yeah. cut, cut, cut. Plan. Yeah. And I wanted it to be called that. So you... you I think it's number two. Uh, you think it's number I two? Think you your think your I one you made two. up, yeah. Our country is respected again all over the world. We're not making apologies. We're not making excuses. We're respected again as a country. Number two was real. Yeah. 
Well, you see, that's it's almost he almost sounds like a normal politician there, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's in what he's saying, the content of what he's saying is insane. Yeah, he's saying it in a normal way, yeah, yeah. like a normal human might <laughs> yeah. otherwise yeah. say something. It's not that's but... not to say that I'm not questioning what the content is, <laughs> you know, it's a similar thing. Enoch Powell has said similar stuff, but but you know, that. But it, it wasn't particularly Trump, is all I'm saying. I'm not questioning the, his insanity. <laughs> that's that's a given, you know. But that's a given. That's a given. But it- so, just for the record, yeah. uh, to to any Americans listening, in case you're wondering, <laughs> it's I we don't disrespect America as such. We very very much disrespect Trump. Yeah, and. Because enough of you voted him in. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, we disrespect America as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you're, you certainly are not more respected because of Trump in any arena, in any country, certainly no, in no country in Europe, um, from what I've seen anywhere online. Uh, the only place basically is, is Russia. Where actually the, yeah, and the approval of America has gone up. Yeah, and that's probably for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. So it, um, yeah. But no, it's it's very, very, very clear. Um, I just read today that in Germany, uh, where where Trump has um, just tweeted today about um, it, kind of in favour of Merkel's opponents, saying that that she saying negative things about her. That actually that's really helped her because only 11% of Germans think Trump is any good at all. <laughs> so so yeah. that's given her a bit of a boost in the polls. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the third one so, you made up. So the third one, third one I made up. We've got jobs coming back, big, beautiful jobs like you wouldn't believe, and the fake news media say unemployment's been going down for years. I tell you what, not like this. Not like this. That's great. That was all me. That was perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you could probably edit him to say that as well. I think you should. I, I reckon so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that means I am undefeated oh, still no, at fake news. No, I've see, I've <laughs> gone too far the other way. I've, I've deleted, one was too Trump last time, and this one is not Trump enough. Yeah. I've oh, I'm not. I'm not wise to your wily ways at all. Okay. All right. mm. <laughs> well. But it's hard coming up with these quotes. So podcast listeners, I need your help to full mark. If you think you can make up a convincing fake Trump quote, then share this episode on Twitter, include your quote and the hashtag fallacious Trump, and I'll pick the best one and you'll be podcast famous. It is time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Lying is Not a Logical Fallacy. It's the part of the show where we talk about uh, some of the crazy stuff that's going on in the Trump White House, but we don't have time to talk about all the crazy stuff, so we have to pick one topic to focus on. So uh, this week, I want to talk about the, um, for want of a better phrase, press conference that Trump gave uh, on his return from North Korea uh, where basically he wandered out onto the front lawn of the White House um, and spoke to, as one news report called it, some reporters and Fox News. <laughs> Very nice, yeah. He talked to his friends at Fox News uh, for about 45 minutes. Right. Um, during that time, he lied at least 15 times. A lot. Uh, some, 
some fairly minor things like kind of how much the trade deficit was with China and and things like that. He did, and, he did and a few, that one a lot, though. It kind of, he with did. Ba- yeah. Varying numbers. And you think, well, which one, are we, various, which one are we supposed to believe? Various numbers, yeah. 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 He he's claimed things like most people really want the wall when, in fact, um, actually most people are against the wall. He claimed things like the fact that the uh, Robert Mueller's investigation involves all Democrats, no Republicans, which is obviously not true. Um, He claimed that people are getting convicted of lying to the FBI because they say it's a nice day when it isn't a nice day (laughs) (laughs) and things like that, Um, which obviously is, is not true. But really, the lies started in, in earnest when he started talking to people who weren't from Fox News. He, had, he spent 18 minutes talking to, to what's called the media scrum, just generally the reporters who wanted to ask him questions after he'd finished talking to Fox. And the lies came thick and fast. It's, it's really quite impressive. He said, he's talking about the in- Inspector General's report about the Hillary Clinton email scandal and the FBI's handling of it. And he says, I think that the report yesterday, maybe more importantly than anything, totally exonerates me. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction. If you read the report, you'll see that. Now, there's literally nothing nothing in that report report (laughs) about collusion. It was not about collusion. It was not about Russia. It was purely about how the FBI handled Clinton's emails and, and how Comey released information maybe when he shouldn't have done yeah. and, and things like yeah. that. Nothing to do with Russia at all. So this is a total, complete fabrication. He is right in saying you if you read that report, you won't find any of it in there. But it, yeah, there's no collusion in the report. That's true, because the report isn't about that. But he does say it totally exonerates me, which it doesn't at all. No. So he also claimed about Paul Manafort, because uh, Manafort just got put into prison. Um, he... Um, he said Manafort has has nothing to do with our campaign. No, the guy, the guy that um, chaired chaired the campaign in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, the nothing to do with it at the all. The campaign chairman at a very specific, important time in the campaign where it looked like maybe Trump was going to lose, and he came in and turned it around. around. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing to do, do with it. He said, he said, Paul Manafort worked for me for a very short period of time. He worked for me, what, for 49 days or something, a very short period of time. About eight months. He it? actually worked for them for, for, for 144 days from, from March to August of 2016. Right, there we go. Again, as chairman of the campaign. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. like, he was not like a tea Behind it all, no. No, he wasn't. He, wasn't, he yeah. just didn't come into the wrong room for something. He further said, and this is about the... the Trump administration policy of separating children from parents as they cross the border. He said, I hate the children being taken away. The Democrats have to change their law. That's their law. That's the Democrats' law. The Democrats um, force that law upon our nation. I hate it. I hate to see separation of parents and children. The Democrats gave us the laws. So he claimed, no, there's no law. There's no law. The law. They didn't put it in place. It's a Trump policy. He could change that. Uh, Trump has absolutely has the ability to change it yeah. at a moment's notice. It's the, not like he didn't Trump administration. Change, change some of the Democrat laws with those uh, presidential uh, the scribbly things that he that actually didn't. didn't <laughs> Executive orders, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, but it's, most, it's yeah. mostly presidential scribble on the when you look at yeah, his thing. That's true. And... Um, 
But you know, <laughs> he changed a lot of democratic laws, the Democrats' laws there, thought nothing of it. As you say, this isn't a law. This is a Trump administration policy announced by Jeff Sessions that they are um, having zero tolerance on people crossing the border, putting the, the adults into into jail, basically, awaiting sentencing and taking their children away and putting them in detention centres, which are now getting so full that they are planning tent cities in Texas to house the children that have been taken away from their parents. And this is not just illegal aliens. This is people seeking asylum as well, who are coming in and are having their children taken away from them. It is absolutely an attempt to deter people from coming in because people might hear that they are going to ta- have their children taken away from them. And the, the Republicans are literally holding these children hostage yep. to try to get the Democrats to fund the border war. Yeah, and the policy up till then had always been actually you just do it through a civil court and you do it quickly and you just turn them around. No, no separating going on because nobody goes to jail. And is anybody doing anything about it? I don't think it's going to be much longer, I think. This is something which is, is, is leaching more into the consciousness of the American people and, and is more people, even today, are standing up and saying this isn't okay. Yeah. More kind of celebrities, which is maybe what Trump needs yeah. for, for people to say, celebrities to say that it's not okay yeah. um, before something gets done. But it, this, this ridiculous lie that it is a Democrat law. Yeah, the Democrats are going, there's nothing to do with us. What are you doing, you hateful, hateful human rights abusing man? You know, but you can, but you know, hateful human rights abusing man are his friends. <laughs> and this is another thing yeah. he said in in the press conference about Kim Jong Un was was when Kim talks, his people sit up at attention. I'd like my people to do that. Now, the reason that Kim's people sit up at attention is because he literally executed his Secretary of Education for disrespectful posture. Whoa. So if that happened in your office, (laughs) when your boss spoke, you would sit up at attention too. That's maybe not what we want for America. No. Given Uh, the fact that they are, you know, respected throughout the world increasingly, you you get, what mm. the hell? No. No. And and finally, the other lie, uh, or another lie, um, was about General Flynn. He said, I, uh, I feel badly for General Flynn. He's lost his house, he's lost his life, and some people say he lied and some people say he didn't lie. I mean, really, it turned out maybe he didn't lie. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, Trump fired him for lying to to Pence and to the FBI. I think he told us that um, as well. That, that was time, why he... he? Yeah, yeah. That's, he, that's what he tweeted. Yeah. Um, he, had, he has pled guilty to lying to the FBI. And finally, some things we really don't have any time to talk about. The fact that Trump habitually rips up any piece of paper he's finished with and a team of records officials are paid over $60,000 a year each to tape them back together so they can be sent to the National Archives. That's great, isn't it? I love that. EPA chief Scott Pruitt illegally used government resources to try and get his wife a Chick-fil-A franchise. This revelation did not come out of one of the 15 current federal investigations into Pruitt's corruption scandals. The Supreme Court kind of said it's okay to discriminate against gay people if you believe in God hard enough. 
Yeah, it's it, this is a bit of an oversimplification. If you are interested at all in finding out more about it, check out a podcast called Opening Arguments, which is an absolutely brilliant podcast about US law and and often talks about things related to Trump and uh, and and has a couple of episodes specifically about this. That's where I got most of my information from. So, um, but do check them out; they're really cool. Good. And appropriately enough, the next item on our list of things we haven't got time for, Paul Manafort got put into jail to stop him doing any more witness tampering. And Trump called it a tough sentence, proving once again he doesn't know what a sentence is. Trump disinvited the Philadelphia Eagles for not being patriotic enough and then held a Celebrate America event instead, but refused to learn all the words to God bless America. Trump said Russia should be let back in the G7 summit, turned up to the summit late clashed with all the other world leaders and left early. Then he insulted Justin Trudeau and refused to sign the joint communique from the summit. Trump then met with Kim Jong-un, agreed to stop joint military exercises with South Korea, without telling South Korea, and in return got a promise to talk more in the future. Then he tweeted, there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. And on Trump's 72nd birthday, the New York State's Attorney General sued the Trump Foundation, alleging that the charity engaged in a pattern of persistent illegal conduct occurring over more than a decade. So, happy birthday, Mr. President. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. If you hear Trump say something stupid and wonder if it's a fallacy, email us on fallaciousTrump at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at fallaciousTrump. And if you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes or support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump, where you can get some exclusive content and other cool stuff. Uh, All the music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.